Welcome to Fountain Springs Online. At Fountain Springs, we believe in showing unconditional love, irrational generosity, and being unwavering in our mission to show people who Jesus is. We are one church in multiple locations that exists to help grow and guide your relationship with Jesus. We are so glad you've joined us today, and we hope that we can encourage, challenge, and support you in your walk with Jesus. Feel free to join us this coming weekend at any of our locations and services, or call or email us so we can help you in any way. We are so glad that you've joined us today at Fountain Springs Online. Now let's turn our attention to this week's message. starting uh, a series coming up but let's land this one uh, for those of you who are worried you're like I, I just I just started coming to church and then at the, the end and it's like should I should I read the end of the book it, it, listen uh, we're going to talk about parenting if you're not a parent this still applies especially especially this sermon so if you are parenting take notes uh, if if you aren't take notes and and we're going to learn together now, in this parenting series, let me give you a review for those of you who either tuned out or just weren't here. Uh, these are the seasons of parenting. Uh, this is not made up by me personally. It's, it's made up by in incredibly intelligent people. Now, here's why this applies to every one of us, whether you're young, whether you have graduated from parenting, <laughs> because this is often how God parents you. And you're like, God parents me? Yes, he does. Yes, he does. It started off with discipline. He was teaching you just about boundaries in the training years, self-direction, things like that. Coaching years, self-control, which many of us were like, you're still there. You're learning that, as am I. Uh, but this last one, the friendship years. We're going to land the whole series to talk about the friendship years. The friendship years are weird and awkward and expensive and full of weird conversations that can get intense. And, uh, just, just so we're all aware of, of the friendship years. It's when your child, who like, has grown out of the, oh, you're so cute and precious, and they've now graduated or got their GED, or it's that time they are a legal adult, and it's time. Maybe they go off to college. Maybe they go off to the military. Maybe they get their first job, their first apartment, their roommates, and it's that season that you're wondering, how is this going to go? I mean, I remember seeing my parents look at me as they left my apartment, and I know in the car ride home, they're like, is he going to survive a week? Is he going to make this? It's that kind of a season. It's awkward both for your now grown-up adult child and the parent. This is when there's a, there's a separation and the reality of, hey, there's rent coming. And it's not mom and dad's responsibility, for those of you who needed that wisdom. That there's bills now that, that you now take the primary responsibility for. This is the season that I learned, this, this blew me away, 
that my laundry does not magically arrive on my bed folded and cleaned. Anyone have that? That, that, that was tough for him. He's like, what's going on? They just stay dirty. <laughs> Took me a while. Then I had a phone conversation with my parents and learned that my mom had been doing that. And, and they, they taught me some things, but, but this is a season that, that can go really well, right? Or the other. <laughs> it can go really bad. There seems to be extremes, in my opinion, from what I've observed. The one extreme is where a parent's like, you're 18. Get out. (laughs) Right? Don't talk to me. Don't ask me for anything. You're 18. Uh, I sure hope things work out for you. Or there's the other extreme where it's like, you're 18, but we're still going to financially support you for the rest of your life. And we're still going to do your laundry. And we're still going to, it's, it's, we're still, nothing's changing. In fact, some of you, you beg your kids to stay at home. And that, there seems to be like these extremes where, as you know, the middle ground, the middle ground seems to be the healthy ground. So if you don't know, if you're, if, if you're like, well, what do I do as a parent when I'm staring at a grown-up adult? Well, here's, here's, here it is, the friendship years. The parent becomes the advisor and friend. So for those of you who think that when your child turns 18 and they get their job or military or college or whatever, if you think you still have the same privileges and opportunities to discipline, well, you can try. But it probably will not be received well. Some of you are like, well, I'm going to continue to train my child. Well, you, you can try, but it's not always the same response that maybe you got when they were eight, <laughs> See, this is a difficult transition for some, but I think we all can agree that it's super, super necessary. Advice. I seek my parents for advice all the time. In fact, when I'm going to preach a sermon on how to parent an adult, I'm like, never done it. Uh, mom and dad, what in the world do I preach about? I, saw, I literally talked to my mom on the phone. So here's what I think the Bible says. And, and, and she began to pass on some things. It was great. But I've not always listened to my parents' advice. I'm just going to fess up right now. All of you just need to know that. And in fact, one of the most near catastrophes was when I was dating Katie, my wife. Uh, my dad and I and Katie, we went golfing. Katie rode in the cart she refuses to play golf with me because she thinks she'll beat me and that won't go well. <laughs> uh, whatever. Anyway, so, so we're, we're golfing. My dad and I are golfing, and there was this moment while on the golf course that my dad and I were, were just talking alone. And my dad looked at me, and I thought, he's going to talk about what we're going to have for lunch. And he looked at me very intently, and he said, if you don't marry her, you're an idiot. <laughs> now, my dad's usually, like, super, like, they're soft with his words and watches his words. And I was like, oh, my. And, now, I, and later on, my mom gave me a little bit more delicate kind of words. She, she's like, why in the world have you not proposed to this woman? And it, now, I, I loved Katie, but I was afraid of commitment. Now, don't hate on me. Some of you are like, oh, you're one of those. I, I, was, I was afraid. I've been hurt before. And and. My parents were giving me great advice. You need to know that when Katie and I decided we were getting married, um, she was on the verge of breaking up with me. I almost lost Katie because I did not heed the advice of my parents. 
And they all talk about that all the time, which is not fun later on in life. But every one of us has taken advice before and not listened to it. And every one of us has taken advice and listened to it. Sometimes it's gone well, sometimes you've gotten bad advice. But there is advice. I would even go further. There's wisdom, there's truth in the Bible about this. And every sermon we preach, we lean into God's word. We lean into what God has to teach us so that we can learn. So let me show you in Proverbs what this says. Without wise leadership, a nation falls. But watch this. There is safety in having many advisors. There's safety. There's good in having many advisors. And so if you're currently like, you've got this adult kid, or, or you're just like, I'm not in parenting, it's pivotal that you have advisors in your life, people speaking wisdom into your life. And I find it fascinating, because I've asked many times. I'll, I'll talk to someone like, hey, who are, the, who are the top three, top five advisors in your life? And most people are like, What? And then sometimes by default, they might say, uh, well, I guess, maybe, but it's not intentional. Where all throughout the Bible, there's this great wisdom is that we need advisors to thrive in life. Now, now why? Why do so many of us, when we get our independence, why do so many of us not seek this out? I'll tell you, and I've had to learn a difficult way. <laughs> our independence can turn into self-reliance. And so when you leave home and you're like, good, I don't have to listen to mom and dad anymore. This is so good. This is so awesome. I got to live life on my own, finally. That independence often transitions into self-reliance. That was my problem between Katie and I, actually. Yes, I was afraid of commitment, but I had bought into the idea that I can pretty much live life on my own. I, I can, if you've ever been given this advice where like all I need is, is me, and I've heard that many times, but you become so self-reliant that things in your life actually get toxic because you push people away. And if you want to know, why do we refuse advice? Why do we often say no to great wisdom? It's because we've become so self-reliant. We think that on our own, we can go with our gut and it's going to work out. And it doesn't. You need other people speaking in. In fact, to walk this even further based on my life, and I think yours, we're all tempted, every one of us, we're all tempted to misuse our independence. So if you're afraid, this is what some of us are afraid of. <laughs> when your kid's going to grow up, yay, oh no, they're independent. We're tempted to misuse it. In fact, I don't, for those of you who are worried right now that I'm going to ask you right now to confess how you misused your independence when you left home. No, don't worry, we're not going there. You just already know. And many of us, that's where a lot of our failures were that we've had to climb out of those deep holes. We're like, oh no, you would not believe, and yes, we would believe the tragedies that happen in the midst of this season of leaving home. We misuse our independence. Now, here's, I, I, want, I want to deal with a common thing, okay? Because this is what I'm hearing and seeing, and it's dangerous, and it's, oh, no. In fact, some of you are going to hate this, but some of you are going to love this. What, are, what might be the most common misuse? I'll, I'll show you. We try to have a both independence and dependence at the same time. Okay, let me, let me help you understand what this means, and, and we'll use nature, Okay, so the remora fish. 
If you've never heard of the remora fish, the remora fish connects itself to its, not host, it's just mooching. Let me show you a picture of the remora fish. Uh, this is what you perhaps have seen, like maybe connected to sharks, and you're like, oh, they're buddies. They're buddies. Isn't that such a good picture? No. I find it fascinating. I wanted to show you the turtle one because who to get anywhere says, mm, turtle. Where's a turtle? So, so let, me, let me tell you about these if you may not know about. These are fish that, that can swim on their own. They don't need anyone's help. They, God made them. They, they can swim on their own. They can go hunt or wherever and get their own food. They don't need anyone or anything else to survive, but that's not what they choose. In fact, they connect to someone, something with some sort of a work ethic, and they say, thank you very much. In fact, here's how they typically eat, is whatever falls out of the mouth of whatever they're connected to, that's dinner and lunch and breakfast. They go to wherever they're connected to, and then when it's time to leave, they connect to something else. Does this not just sound like 18 to 19 to 20 to 25 to 35. It's nature's example of wanting independence and dependence at the same time. Let's, let's, okay, let's put this right where we're currently at. What does it look like if you're in a family and you've got a grown-up adult who's now transitioning out of the house, but they want independence and dependence. It's where they say, all right, mom, dad, whoever, all right, I don't want to follow your rules, but would you do my laundry? Or I, I, I want complete independence. I don't have to tell you when I'm, when I'm coming home. I don't have to, to like, we, I, I don't have rules, but uh, do you have a free room? Because I need a free room. You see, that's the, the same there has to be a conversation. And by the way, for those of you who think that I'm hating on the, the kid that stays home, I'm not. I promise you, I'm not. But there has to be conversations around this because you don't want to raise an adult who thinks that they live like a nine-year-old the rest of their life. You got to have legitimate conversations. We'll talk about this. But what I've learned in parenting and what I've learned just in the midst of counseling and conversations is a significant truth about this. Parenting doesn't stop when your kids move out. Thought there might be applause or amens on this. See, not only will my parents, my parents will tell you this, and not in a bad way, but when your kids turn 18 and they move out or they go off to whatever, that doesn't mean that you're like sayonara, like whatever. No, in fact, what many of you actually know or have experienced far more than I have is that you're still in a relationship. There's still a love. There's still a, I want to help you, and there's still a one of connection, and you're like, but how do we do this? Because some of us just, we just figure it out, but we don't figure it out. So if, if, you're, if you're a parent that's trying to figure out the relationship you now have with your adult child, or maybe you're like me, the adult child who wants to have a healthy relationship with your parents, I can show you what the Bible teaches about two primary bits of advice. Let me show you the scripture first, and then we'll walk this out. This is Jesus. Anyone who listens to my teaching and follows it is wise. Like a person who builds a house on solid rock. Uh, though the rain comes in torrents and the floodwaters, floodwaters rise and the winds beat against the house, it won't collapse because it's built on bedrock. 
But anyone who hears my teaching and doesn't obey it is foolish. Now, now I bef- foolish. Do not lose the intensity of what Jesus is teaching because you picture this soft man named Jesus. Just so you know, just so we're clear, he's saying if you, and he goes through here like a person who builds a house on sand, when the rains and floods come and the winds beat against that house, it will collapse with a mighty crash. He's saying if you build it on sand, you're a fool. And like, well, would Jesus say that? Yes, he would. And he, he tells this incredible analogy, metaphor, whatever you want to call it. He's saying, okay, okay let me teach you about life. Because you got, you got people building houses. That's the sum of this thing. He's, they're building houses, and he's like, well, there's, there's multiple options to building it, and there's multiple things you got to deal with. And if you walk this out further, here's what I think we can learn right now in parenting that you can pass on to your kids, or maybe you just own yourself. Every decision has two sides. Every decision you make has two sides, has the what you really, really want, but also the risk. In fact, I'm a, I'm a visual person, uh, um, so I have one of these. If you lived in South Dakota, you probably have one too, where you got suckered and you were at a place and you're like, oh, I want a giant coin for, I have no idea why, but I, I got it. And, and we were in Custer recently and um, this helps me. And if you want to know, how do I parent my grown-up adult? Every decision has two sides to the coin. Oh, you, you, want, to, you want to buy something with a credit card? Okay. On the other side is credit card payments, just so we're clear. I mean, it's, it's the other side. You're not, you're not being mean. You're just speaking truth. You're like, all right, that's fine. I'm not gonna, just, let's, let's have this advice kind of a conversation and, and the adult, the older adult, the parent begins to help understand, hey, okay, that decision has another side of the coin. Oh, you, you want a baby. Babies are cute. <laughs> and then they poop, right? Other side of the coin. But it's deeper than that, right? It's like it's not just about, oh, I want to have kids. We want to have kids. Okay, that's great. Let's talk about how are you going to raise it? What, what are some of the plans? I just, and, you, and you're just loving, you're lovingly talking about the other side of the coin, not in judgment, not just to be the devil's advocate, but conversation. Freedom, what? Has responsibility, other side of the coin. Many of us champion free, freedom. We're like, yeah, freedom's awesome, but freedom comes with responsibility. For those of you who love the garden, you're like, I want vegetables, let's have vegetables. But you know that you have to work at that. There are weeds that will fight you, and you've got to know the other side of the coin. See, that's life. But if you're, if you're any kind of normal, we either get super optimistic or super pessimistic. To where you have that phone conversation, maybe with your mom or your dad, you're like, hey, this happened, my life is falling apart, and your parent is there, it's like, oh, let me, let me actually tell you the, the other side of the coin in a positive way, right? Or, or you call me like, hey, I got this job, and, and it's good money, it's good money, and I'm thinking that, and the parent offers the other side of the coin, okay, that is good money, so, so what's your plan with that? See, if you are on the receiving side of this, Maybe you're not the parent, but you're like me. And this is what I've been seeing and experiencing in my life. Here's what I want to say to you. Here it is. Uh, Seek advice so you can see both sides of the coin. 
If you're like me and you're like, I'm not currently parenting a grown-up. Oh, I'm not there yet, okay? This is for you. That when you have advisors or you begin to even think of the idea, I'm going to have other people speak, speak wisdom into me. Why? Why do you need wisdom? Why do you need advice? Because you and I often choose only one side of the coin. It's just how we're built. And usually, usually it's the optimistic, like, I can afford that. That's no problem. Or, or we can move there, or we can do this, or we can have that. And, and often you need the advice speaking in. Now, let me go back just in case you're thinking that this is just, this is just optimistic thinking or planning. I, let me show you the Bible. I think the Bible helps. Um, plans go wrong for lack of advice. Many advisors bring success. I wanted to, plans go wrong. Plans go wrong. Plans go wrong. Plans go in such a way that many of us are like, okay, I want to do this, and I'm just going to go for it. And if you're like me at all, you've actually walked out, made decisions, not sought the advice of anyone else, and then your plan went wrong, and you thought the world was out to get you. Or you thought, oh, it's just, it's just uh, it, you're unlucky kind of thing. I would tell you many of the people who think they're unlucky or that God's out to get them or they just got just the horrible part of life dealt to them. No, oftentimes it's because we just don't listen to the advice that people are offering or we're not even asking for it. When Jesus was talking about where to build a house, do you know the common theme that happened with both of them? I'll show it to you. Everyone has storms, but not everyone prepares for them. You, you do know that if you pay attention to what Jesus said, both of them had storms. Yay! Everyone has storms in their life. Everyone has those days you're like, that I think might be the top ten worst day. Everyone has that. Some of us just need to know that, yes, the rich, the poor, the healthy, the unhealthy, everyone, everyone we have storms. All of us do. But not all of us prepare for them. And you prepare for them by seeking advice early on. Jim Rohn said this. I love his writing. There are two types of pain. You've probably seen this in this world. The short-term pain of discipline and the long-term pain of regret. Discipline weighs ounces. Regret weighs tons. If you're interested in a, in a theory or a process to, to lower your amount of regret, seek advice. Now, let me pass on something from my mom so you better listen. I asked my mom this question. We're just talking, and she's like, ooh, I got something for you. You, you need to say this. So, so mom, I'm saying this. So, uh, um, if you're a parent, the, the older one, okay, you're like, how do I do it? They're, <clears throat> they're not asking me for advice, David. And when I do, right? I don't know where she got that from. Just probably some, her other kid. I don't know. My advice to you from my mom, lead with questions. Because if you're like, they're not going to ask me for the other side of the coin. So I would suggest that you do what my parents have done with us, where we didn't solicit, hey, mother and father, how do I live my life? Please give me a list and I will follow. No, no. They would often just say, hey, that's awesome. So what are your plans about such and such? 
Or what are you thinking about? What are you feeling about this decision? What are your concerns? What are the risks that might happen? Asking with questions. If you lead with questions, the conversation has the potential to go further. That's from my mom. So listen. Now, here's a second piece of advice if you're in this friendship season. Assumption without conversation can create resentment. Here's what I know about most families. <laughs> There's certain things that no one talks about. You're not allowed to talk about it. You've been warned, don't bring that up with grandpa. Don't talk about this, don't say this, and I know you're going to wonder about this, but do not bring it up, do not bring it up. You need to know that if you follow that wisdom, if you go that direction and you say, here are certain things that are off limits in our family, then you leave room for assumption. You leave room for catastrophic assumption. And I know enough about families that there just seems to be these things that we don't talk about. And you know that in our brains, assumptions turn into facts that aren't even facts so let me show you some wisdom from Scripture, 1 Corinthians. This is the love chapter, and I, I've said this in many ceremonies, and all, but listen, uh, it always, talking about love, it always protects, always trusts, always hopes, always perseveres. I just wanted to see you this, this, this is a small thing, I want us to see this. You can't have love that's built on assumption. If you want protection and trust, if you want hope and you want a family that perseveres, you cannot build upon assumption to get that. It's just false. It's, it's, it's false. It, it breaks things down because reality happens and your assumptions prove you either wrong or you actually find yourself desperate. A marriage and family therapist wrote something that I wanted to pass on to you. Uh, if you live your relationship based on assumptions, you're never going to feel fully happy or satisfied because assumptions leave no room for change, growth, or negotiation. Now, we got to stay here because when I read this, this, you got to understand my vantage point because this is not just applicable to my family, but the amount of conversations I've had where assumptions are fueling the demise of the marriage, the family, the workplace, the friendships, everything. Assumptions, some of us who aren't parenting, you still got to listen. Assumptions destroy so much. And many of us are building a family out of assumption of what they think, why they did that, they're going to be okay, those kinds of things. And you need to have conversations, but we're afraid to have the conversation. Are you willing maybe to admit that? That there are tough conversations that you're just afraid. I've been there where you're afraid or you're concerned about that might break the peace. Do you know that the peace you speak of is completely assumed? conversations they could be tough do not assume things and here's how the bible gives us wisdom on ephesians instead we'll speak the truth sometimes we read this we're like oh we got to talk lovingly um speak the truth the truth in love growing in every way more and more like christ 
If you want to be like Christ, grow like Christ, if you want to mature your own relationship with Jesus, speak the truth in love. Be more like Christ, who is the head of his body, the church. Now, I thought uh, what would help us, because some of us are like, I wonder, I wonder what assumptions most people make. I'm glad you asked that. Let's break this out. Let's talk about the, uh, the kids, the, the grown-up, adult, but kid. Uh, typically, there's some assumptions. Marriage. Once we're on our own, we'll figure it out. Oh, man. Do you know that it is a regular occurrence? That our church gets called by people wanting to be married the next day. And uh, they don't want any counseling because they've got it figured out. They don't need any help. A lot of us assume that well, how difficult is marriage? Um, I told you, I'm, I married someone way out of my league that my family was begging me to marry. But marriage, like any relationship, requires work. Don't make assumptions. You need advisors. You need, you need healthy people in your life to give you wisdom about how to be married. Finances? Once we start making money, all our problems are gone. We're good. Oh, my. Me young couples just think that it's, it's, it's an income issue. So once we start making money, we're good. If you don't currently have someone helping you just no finances. You need that advisor. Parenting. Once we have kids, we'll, we'll figure it out. Please stop. Reference this series later on in life. Uh, we make assumptions, though, don't we? When we're young, when we've when, when we got this independence, and we're like, I'm self-reliant, and I can do this, and we can do this together. You need advice. So, parents, when you get that call for advice, where you get the call, um, hey, mom and dad, uh, what do you do, hypothetically, uh, when your kid has to go to the principal's office all the time? Or what do you do when they don't want to do their home? And you begin to ask your parents, uh, parents, just listen, Proverbs 15, 1, <laughs> a gentle answer deflects anger. For those of you, and you might think that this is silly, but it is reality, a gentle answer deflects anger. Do not respond with, well, I was waiting for you to call. I've heard it before. A gentle answer deflects anger, but harsh words make tempers flare. The victory is not that you are right. It's that the relationship now is not operating out of assumption. Now, I'm not just going to pick on the kids who are now adults, uh, Let's talk about the grown-up parents now. Uh, wisdom. Assumed wisdom. They'll know what to do. Really? Maybe they need some advice. Resilience. They'll make it. I, I, I believe in them. They'll make it. They, they don't need us to offer help, to step in in any way. They, they, they're they're, they're going to figure this out. They're, they're resilient. And definitely, we know this. We're, we're all smart enough to know this. Love. They will know I love them. No, just because they aren't in your home doesn't mean you stop saying I love you and stop showing how much you love them. Now, the scripture for the younger crew in this moment is this, Proverbs 12, 15. 
Fools think their own way is right, but the wise listen to others. So I wanted to land on a couple of questions. I just wanted to land even the whole series on these two questions. No matter what season you find yourself in right now, no matter who you are, I think these two questions can get you to a healthy place. What advice are you currently seeking? The Bible. If you don't know, like, God. God says you and I should seek advice, not just from Him, but from others. So what advice are you currently seeking? And someone was like, none. Well, that means that you're not living a life in faith or you're living a completely self-reliant life. Second one, I think, is equally necessary. What assumptions are you currently making? I really want to talk about this just for a moment. What assumptions are you currently making? I have learned that when I read the news, when I have a conversation with another person and that other person starts talking about another person, I don't know that you've ever been in that kind of conversation. Do not let assumptions enter that conversation. When you read the news, do not let assumptions enter what you're thinking. Assumptions make you think things you never should think, believe things you never should believe about people, about businesses, about churches, about life in general. What assumptions are you currently making? And if you're like, well, how do I figure that out? Go talk to the person that you're making the assumption about. And they'll be grateful. But we must be healthy, and the Bible gives us this wisdom, not only how to parent, but how to be as human beings. And I think these questions can take you down the road further and better. Let me pray for you. God, thank you for this wisdom that you have passed on to us, this advice, this great truth from your word. Lord, thank you for your consistent belief in us, your consistent provision for us, consistent love and mercy for us, your consistency all across the board for us. God, you have never left us. You've never forsaken us. You've never abandoned us. And Lord, for those of us in this season of life that might be assuming or not seeking any advice. God, I pray that you will prompt us to know what you're speaking to our hearts about. Help us to know it and accept it and walk out forgiveness, walk out conversation. God, you are an incredibly good God. Thank you for leaning so far into our lives to help us live the full life. We love you, and we pray this in the name of Jesus. Amen.